Time to get those bonus miles. Here's your girl, Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. Can you believe it? We are celebrating one year, 365 days, 12 months, 52 weeks. I don't know how many seconds. We're not going to get that detailed. One year of this totally refurbished Autumn Miles show. It has been a fantastic year. One of the funnest, funnest, I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it, experiences in ministry to date. I have thoroughly enjoyed this past year. I want to give a big thank you. And I say this with all the sincerity I have. The Lord knows my heart. Thank each and every one of you for coming back, for downloading, for sharing. You guys, the messages that we get from you um, are like gold to me. I read them. My team sends them to me. I catch them. I see them. When you say this particular episode was the episode that really changed the way I thought or changed my perspective. I saw one comment that said, this is the podcast I was looking for. You guys, we see those and they just fuel our faith and our our fire to keep going. And in a day and age that desperately needs hope and truth, we appreciate you. And trust me when I say, we love you. Uh, today on the episode, this is going to be a best of episode. Best of. <laughs> the team picked this out. So um, so the girls that work for me, they all they all picked it out and they, they chose their best episodes. I really believe that this is going to absolutely bless you. And if you are a first time listener, this is going to introduce you to what you, you, you have coming up in the, in the upcoming episodes. I talk about, um, my family a lot because they are everything besides my Jesus and, and just some highlights from the year. I hope you enjoy. You can go and you can download this anywhere you get your podcast. It's everywhere, guys. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, you name it, you can get it there. Or you can visit my website, autumnmiles.com. I hope you enjoy. The heart behind this is the same. Biblical truth. That is what we need now more than ever. I think people are starving for biblical truth. They're starving for someone to just tell them, what does the Bible say? A lot of us have heard that the word of God should be our guide. The word of God is the blueprint for living, but they're starving. They're not hearing it. Our churches are closed. We can't go to church. We're sick of watching online. We don't know what to do. We want to look somewhere. Well, I want to reaffirm my commitment to you to biblical truth. Let me tell you something. The word of God has saved my life. It saved my behind more times than I can even count. So that 
is not going to change. The format might change a little bit, but my passion for the word of God, especially through 2020, has only grown deeper. And not only has it grown deeper, I've seen such a desperate desire in you to go deeper. So that is not changing at all. The challenges are not going to change either. I want to challenge people more, to get involved more. It's one thing to say, you know, I hope this encouraged you today, but how are you living out the truth that we're going to talk about on the podcast? I want there to be some action steps there for you. So we're, we're staying really, really firm to our biblical truth. And then we're going to add some action steps for you. Go out and do this. This. You should be affecting your communities. I have some questions that I think people are dying to know. Um, <laughs> and I would like to ask on their behalf. First Absolutely. of all, yes. You just told me earlier, someone asked you about your style choices. Yes. yes and did. I would like to start off with that. How did you come up with your style? <laughs> How would you describe your style? Let's have a let's have a discussion about this. This is really funny question. And it um yes, someone I was traveling uh not long ago and they were like, "So I would I would like to ask you where do you come up with your style?" And I'm taking it as a compliment because, you know, if she hated it, she probably wouldn't say anything. I am very much me, okay? I I I love structure. I do not like fa- flouncy clothes. I'm um like there was this whole free people like trend that was coming out and I that's not me. I'm like I love a blazer. I love something structured. I love something that like, you know, is um I don't know, just looks is not flouncy. I don't know a better way to put it. <laughs> uh, so I kind of gravitate towards that. I'm not a huge fan of like pink. And I, I'll say that. And like for the next week, all I'll wear is You pink. have so much pink. I, I, it's so stupid. I don't know why mentally I'm not like a, a green with pink. Um, however, uh, yeah, I, I am me. I like structured things. Um, and I kind of go with my gut which sometimes go goes against the grain of the trend. For instance, I went to try to do this mom jean high, overly baggy trend. I went to all my stores to try to find jeans that I thought would look good on me in the vein of this trend. Um, they don't make them. They are supposed to make you look baggy, okay? And I just, I couldn't vibe with that, so... A lot of trends I don't do just because I'm like, why would anyone do that? Um, but they look good on a lot of other people. They just didn't look good on me. So therefore, the answer to your question is I do me what I like to wear. I wear, I stick to a lot of structured things and, you know, whatever it is that Autumn is feeling that day. Autumn, you and I are not the same people. We have a lot in common and we do a lot of things the same way, but in reality, you're way more like my husband and I'm way more like your husband, which is one of the reasons the four of, it's like, the, it's one of the reasons the four of us get along so, so well together. But I think I can see the things in you and celebrate that those are different than, than who yeah. I am. And I don't have to feel jealous about that. I think, I think when I was younger, I felt a lot of jealousy or maybe not even jealousy, but sometimes I would feel down about myself because I couldn't be those things or didn't see that I was even valuable enough to be certain mm. things. But mm. I can see that in other people and respect and honor and, and celebrate that. I think 
finding relationships where they can do the same for in, in me and they can see that our differences is part of what makes our relationship work so well. Mm-hmm. And the relationships that I'm in, I don't want to be around a bunch of people who think exactly like me, yeah. look exactly like me, and are always going to say yes to everything I say, you Come know, on. yes or no to. I, I want mm-hmm. people that are going to speak differently into my life than I would think about. And that's one of the things I've really been thankful, I think, with you, Autumn, over the years, is that you have spoken hard things into my life many and times. vice versa. I'm laying in my comfortable bed, exhausted, and all of a sudden, I hear my five-year-old screaming, Mom! 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 Like, super loud. And so I know, okay, before she goes to bed, she wants to talk to me. And so I get up. I go upstairs. I sit with her. She does one of those, like, you know when you you grab the face of someone with both of your hands? So she puts my head in her hands, and she draws me in right to her face, and she looks at me, and she kisses my cheek. She's a cheek kisser. And she says, Mom, Jesus died for you on the cross. Now, God didn't take Ezekiel to the mountaintop. He took him to the middle of the valley. And I think sometimes we want God to just meet with us on mountaintops. We want to hop from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. But let me tell you something about you. A lot of times we don't receive a lot from God when we are in a winning season. Now we praise God, of course. But we're in a winning season. We celebrate that winning season. It's not a receiving season. It's normally a worshiping season. When God gets our most attention, it's when we are directly at the lowest point in the middle of the valley. And if that's where you find yourself today, let me tell you, this is not something to rush through, to run through, to hurry through. This is a time for you to sit down in the middle of the valley and for you to have a conversation with the Lord. And what I started to realize is, oh my gosh, I let that person hurt me. And now I'm letting them hijack my ability to heal because I'm saying I can't move forward and heal without them making choices that they may never be willing to make. Mm. And what my counselor helped me see and what the Bible helped me to see is the only way to sever the source of suffering that was coming from this other person was through the power of forgiveness. And so forgiveness is God's provision for the hurting heart to heal more than it is an unfair gift we give to the person who hurt us. Was it possible on the cross, knowing that he had just said, listen, Uh, everything has been completed that need to be completed for me to, in my next statement, say it is finished. Is it possible on the cross that he wasn't thinking of his physical thirst? Maybe because he took on the sins of the world. Maybe he was speaking spiritually saying, I now know how much This world needs my living water. He had just taken on the sins of the world. We know he died for them. 
Is it possible on the cross? Because those two uh, uh, words are the same exact word. Is it possible on the cross? He wasn't referring to his physical need. Maybe, just maybe, he was referring to the spiritual need of the world. Sometimes God has to say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. You need to move on. You should have only been on this journey of anger for a very short time. You should have been on this journey of frustration or misunderstanding for a very short time, 11 days. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You should have been, I I understand that you are um, flesh and I understand that you're a human and I understand that you, um, you don't have the mind of me. I'm pretending like I'm God. You should have got there maybe a little bit quicker. Enough is enough. You've stayed here long enough. It should have only taken you 11 days. And here we sit years later. Enough is enough. It's time to move on. Enough is enough. Yeah, I think when you choose to be faithful to what God's calling you to do, you will be blessed so absorbently, just without measure. I mean, I say all the time that my girl saved my life. Um, the two girls I adopted. And I truly believed that because there's so many levels of my faith that I don't think I would have ever gotten to um, without it. I was a very selfish person. I was a very worldly person. We all struggle with things. And it, it made me die to self in so many ways through the battle of loving these children. And so it took me to, it put me in the furnace um, and I came out and how God wanted me to be. So I just encourage you to be faithful to what God's calling you to do. And you will reap a harvest of your faithfulness every single time. And yes, it is going to be hard, but he comes in and rewards that faithfulness. Mm -hmm. I promise you and blesses you um, and gives you a double portion. I really believe that. I want to talk for a second about the school supply lists. I want to talk to you and I want to pray for you (laughs) as maybe you encounter What I encounter every year going to look for school supplies for my four children. Okay. I've been a mom for a long time, almost 16 years. Well, actually, if you count the time I was pregnant with Grace, I definitely have been mom for 16 years. She was born in October and we're about to celebrate her 16th birthday. Pray for me. Y'all know we've been doing the driver's ed thing. It's been amazing. Okay. Been a mom for a long time. So And I've got a couple tips for those of you that don't have kids in school on the school supply list thing. Okay. But I struggle. (laughs) You know, I feel like a super good mom until I get the school supply list. I don't know why it is. I think it's because, especially when you have kids in elementary school, it's the most daunting list of all time. You pick it up and it's like, how, first of all, how am I going to find all this stuff? 
Second of all, where is the pink scissors that are only five inches that, you know, glow in the dark, but only on Tuesdays in 90 degree weather? Where are those scissors? They don't exist. Okay. That's the thing I want to talk to you about. Those scissors, they don't exist. And that's kind of what I think. I, I consider myself a capable, able person, except when I get the school supply list. I always get people, Christians, who are like, God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And it's like, but bro, yes, if yes. you're holy, then you're happy in Jesus. Like, like, so like being holy does not mean you're unhappy. So yeah. I think what's gone on is that the people of God has allowed the culture to define happiness as superficial and trivial. I think today he's pressing us. He's challenging us. He's saying, I know it's going to be hard because once you get into the promised land, you're going to face Jericho and you're going to face AI and you're going to face the beast in the land. And you're going to face um, the fact that you don't know how to farm. So you're going to have to learn how to farm for the first uh, you know, year and the first harvest season. You're, you're going to have to learn how to do things a little bit differently. It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to get frustrating. But I would rather be frustrated learning new things in the promised land than frustrated in an old wilderness. I would just want to hit on what you said. A filter doesn't fix your grandma having cancer. Right. A filter doesn't <laughs> fix your marriage. Your consumer, what you're selling is not fixing my problem. So therefore you need to understand, you need to reevaluate where you should go or what you should do. If Jesus isn't there, you definitely shouldn't be there. But also church has always been weird because we already have a sinful nature and we already walk into the doors with such shame and guilt. So we have to make sure that we're not putting that excuse up by not going to church because we don't want to feel the shame and guilt. But when we go to church, that's when the conviction happens and the Holy Spirit can change, transform us. And so it's just this weird thing. You can cry on the name of Jesus and call out to the name of Jesus wherever, whenever, and he is there. You know how I know that? Because I have a 15-year-old child and he has protected me thus far as she has been driving me around Dallas, Texas. Call on the name of Jesus, no matter where you are, and he will give you the grace that you need to make it. Okay. God literally is closer than our breath. He lives inside of us. So utilize the gift of his presence, no matter what you're doing. Grace, last question. How's driver's ed going? Cause the people want to know. Well, okay. So I passed my driver's ed course. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> have my friends told me to text them on, on the road so they can all get off? Maybe. <laughs> Are some people terrified that I'm driving? Maybe. Am I a good driver? Yes, I am. I'm a very good driver, and my mom has not screamed the name of Jesus for at least a week. But, you know, it's okay. I am learning, even though I drove on the wrong side of the road, but I am learning. I think we have a little bit of a rhythm. When I realized that she's getting super stressed out, we've pulled over a couple times. Yes, we have. And we're like, okay, let's just get it together, both of us. And let's drive together. And you know what? It's worked. Yeah, definitely. Grace, you're getting so much better. Yay. I'm so proud of you, my child. 
Thank you. I'm proud of you for putting up with me while I'm driving Thank a, you. a moving vehicle. Thank you. And just by the way, um, screaming the name of Jesus probably saved our life multiple times. You know what? It probably <laughs> has. Did it scare me in the moment? Yes. Was he there for us? Absolutely. Absolutely he did. <laughs> so I'm okay with this lull in my progress. If Israel would have left Egypt and sprinted, they never would have made it there. Ever. Never. Could you imagine a one-year-old sprinting from Egypt to Canaan? <laughs> First of all, they don't even know what the word sprint means. Okay. So let's, we could just start there. But the fact that the Lord stopped the whole camp and waited was proof that he wanted them to get there. He was more concerned about them making it to Canaan than how long it took. Isn't it just like Jesus to give us a situation of revival to happen right the week that he was going to be crucified? Do you understand? This text tells us that a huge a group of people were in Jerusalem on account of the fact that they had to see Lazarus and make sure Lazarus was actually resurrected by Jesus. And when they saw it, they turned from not believing to believing. And when they started believing, they grabbed their palm branches the very next day and said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is straight scripture. John 12, read it for yourself, John 12. I, I couldn't get this out of my head as I'm talking about and thinking about Lazarus. Because with John 12, John 11 makes sense. I, I literally could start crying. And maybe I will. With John 12, knowing that Jesus loved Lazarus so much that he allowed him to die so that the man that he loved could be used so greatly by him, God the Father, to bring revival to everyone who came to see him. We don't think of love like that. We don't think of the fact that Lazarus was loved so much that God wanted to use him so greatly to bring a revival to the Jews. Jesus chose Lazarus because he loved him so much. And he loved him so much that he wanted Lazarus to be legendary. But this is what God told me about a week ago. He told me this. Number one, Jesus was the word, okay? In John, it talks about Jesus uh, was the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we know that Jesus was the word. That's like mind blowing of itself, okay? The second thing is this, Jesus was the fulfillment of the word of God, okay? Jesus was the word and he wrapped himself in flesh, came down. But he was also the fulfillment of the word of God. 
And the third thing, and this is the thing that I have never heard preached before. Doesn't mean it hasn't. I just, it hasn't hit Autumn Miles' ears. And I felt I was directly from the Holy Spirit. Jesus depended on the word of God. And I poise this question to you. I point it to you and I want it to challenge you. I want it to rub you. I want you to think about this. If the scripture and the word of God was so powerful that Jesus Christ went to the cross believing he would be resurrected, we can believe what it says as well. I want to challenge you a little bit. Is it possible the Pharisees and the Sadducees had more faith in Jesus's resurrection than the disciples? It's interesting that, this is so good, you guys. It's interesting to me that the Pharisees and the chief priest prepared for his resurrection and the disciples did not. That will preach. In our lives, Satan believes more in God than you do. He knows he does what he says. He saw it. He saw the resurrection. He's the one that used the Pharisees and the chief priests as a tool to hopefully defeat Jesus. They believed more in the resurrection than the the disciples who walked with Jesus did. And I have proof because they prepared for it. This is so good. Do not let the enemy have more faith in God than you do. Do not let the enemy believe more in God's power than you do. Do not let the enemy prepare for what God will do and you just become depressed and discouraged and give up on him. The enemy believes more in Jesus than you ever will. And he proves it because he prepares for his word. I just feel like as believers, we have the gift of the spirit of God and the power of God for us to utilize every single day. We can have overwhelming things happen to us, but let me remind you that it is God that holds all things together. You see, we've gotten into this mindset in our society today. We're kind of all control freaks. We, we like to control everything that's going on. We, we feel the need to handle this overwhelming feeling by controlling things in our lives. And when what we can't control makes us scared. And mentally, we go to a dark place. But let me remind you, if you are feeling overwhelmed today, it is God's job to hold everything that he has given you to handle together. It is God's job. Wasn't that so fun, you guys? (laughs) I enjoyed every single one of those clips. Oh, my goodness. It's got me reliving the last year. You know what? And we are going to have a great year this year 
and it is going to be better, I'm praying in the name of Jesus, than last year. Thank you guys so much for listening this year. Truly, it's been an honor. Um, check us out on social. You can check us on Insta and on um, Facebook and give us a follow. Send me a message. I want to be your best friend. <laughs> I love you guys. And I will see you next Tuesday for a full length episode of the Autumn Mile Show. To find out how you can get a copy of Gangster Prayer, Autumn's latest book, go to autumnmiles.com.